Hello and welcome to the Jeffrey Podcast. My name is Gordon. I'm here with my brother John. Hello. And we're going to talk through the history and the albums of our featured band, which today is The Devil Makes Free. We'll pick our favourite tracks as we go and rank the albums. You can find articles on all our episodes at jeffreymusic.rocks, that's R-O-C-K-S, and we are social mediaing it on Instagram and Twitter, that's at jeffreypodcast. So today the devil makes free. There are no books to read here. There's no um, sort of formal research other than looking on YouTube and reading the interweb. And there's no great long story or great breaks ups or arguments or anything here either. So the band You've really line... set that up well, haven't you, fella? Well you know, increase the tension. Well you could always just edit it out. You have um you have seen them live though. Yes. Quite recently. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Last weekend I think. In Nottingham. In Nottingham at the Bodega, which is a small venue. It's about two hundred, I believe. And uh yeah, that was that was great. Really, really enjoyed it. A lot more than I was expecting to. And you're a bit of a fan of all this Americana-y, bluegrassy, malarkey business, aren't you? Probably came in through the Dead South into this, ne- what we're we calling it, Neo-Americana bluegrass or something like that. New bluegrass type, yeah, something along that. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, the devil makes for you more Americana than bluegrass, although obviously they do start off quite bluegrassy. Yeah, I'm not sure... I'm, expert enough to tell the difference between these things so perhaps you can guide me a little because this is very much your bag that we're that we're exploring today yeah and i'm well, just sort I think... of play, playing along being nice so I, I suspect my interventions will be of less value than yours i mean I, th- I think the the dead south are more grounded in bluegrass whereas the devil makes free are grounded in bluegrass amongst more different impl- they're definitely very much influenced by jazz ragtime folk blues and they themselves have um influence back in rock and punk as well i think all the members of or what's pete and cooper were both members of punk bands before doing the devil makes free but obviously they started off more as a, a bluegrassy band had other influences come in a bit later which we'll discuss as we go along so who, who's in the band then so the lineup on the st- the starting lineup shall we say is uh, Pete Bernard, who's the songwriter who plays guitar. Cooper McBean, who plays guitar and the banjo and a bit of vocals as well. And on the bass is Lucia Torino, um, who does vocals as well. And Lucia Torino has left the band, or I think she has left for tour. She's stopped touring with them, I believe, and has now been replaced by Morgan Eve Swain, who Americana bluegrassy people will know from Brown Bird or the Huntress and the Holder of Hands. But she, I think, she is just filling in live, rather than generally. They um, they have released a new single last week, and I noticed that uh, Lucia Torino is actually on the new single. So I think she's recording with them still. So Pete Barnard, did you say? The main fella? Pete Bernard, yeah. Bernard. So he's, sing- he's the main singer as well, is he? He's the main singer and songwriter, yes. Right, OK. And this Lucia... Is she Italian, or are you just pronouncing it that way? She is, I believe, of Italian descent, but they're all American. Everybody's American. As as you can probably tell, Cooper McBean is American. Well, yeah, Cooper McBean, yeah, that is a bit of an American name. I would have just said Luthia, Luthia or Lucia, that's all. But anyway, we don't need to get bogged down in your pronunciation errors. No, they all basically met in Vermont. They went to the same school together. Pete and Cooper were 
school friends, Lucia was in sort of similar circles. So Pete and Cooper went off and were touring and met up with Lucia later on in Santa Cruz, which is somewhere in California. And that's when they started The Devil Makes Free. As far as the recording goes, the, the lineup does not change. And do we know why that they went for this bluegrass route? Because you said they're influenced by lots of different things and were previously in a punk band. So is there any particular reason they settled on this genre? I mean, obviously is, but I mean, do you know? Um, I don't know. It's not that hasn't... In the interviews I've seen, they've not been asked that, although it's a good question, fella. If they've been interviewed for for the podcast, we would have asked them that. And uh, I did request an interview, I'll have to say. And what response did you get? Okay. Album number one, originally released in 2002 and re-released in 2007, but we're going with 2002, is The Devil Makes Three. We're really considering the first ten tracks here because that's the original release. So what did you make of this album? As you know, this isn't a favourite genre of mine, so I do struggle a little bit with it. I find it a bit one-dimensional. I find it... The, the whole thing is a little bit too loaded into the lyrics and not really enough variety in the music for my taste. Although lyrics tend to be really clever, I find, in kind of country music, bluegrass music. They're really quite cleverly rhymed and, you know, tightly written. So they're quite enjoyable across the whole of The Devil Makes Three stuff. But I do find it quite difficult to kind of tease out one song from another that much. So I didn't actually enjoy this album greatly. I didn't think it was terrible by any means, and there's certainly some good catchy stuff on there. But I find it only really works for me when it's quite catchy. I don't particularly feel it's got the depth to do anything other than that. So, yeah, three or four songs I really quite like and quite fun. But on the whole, I just find it a little bit samey, a little bit bland. I mean, definitely they have this, obviously the same style throughout the, the album. I do think I agree that the lyrics, I think the lyrics are good throughout. And I like that, the, you know, Pete definitely manages to put humour within his lyrics quite a lot. Yeah. Which I like too. I do think this, you know, you say about the catching, I think that covers m- most of the songs on this album, to be honest. And I do think it is, there, there are quite a few earworms here, and I do I do think it's it's quite a strong, strong album. What, what tracks would you pick? Well, my favourite track on the album is probably Old Number 7, and I also, fairly strong tracks for me were Graveyard and Ten Feet Tall. I think they're my, probably my top three. Yeah, I would have, I think, Ten Feet Tall, Chain to the Couch and Graveyard as my top three. Okay, well, we got two direct crossovers there, haven't we? Ten Feet Tall and Graveyard. And Chain to the Couch was near the top. It was in the next bunch, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So the second album followed in 2004, which is Long John's Boots and a Belt, which I kind of feel stylistically is actually very similar to the first album except I would probably say it's not as instantly likeable. It doesn't have quite the catch, catchy songs that the first first album does. But I, I found that with repeated listening, it did really, really grow on me. So I ended up sort of liking it as much as the first album. With it being sort of similar stylistically, did you struggle with this one a little as well? Yeah, I, I would find it, find it quite hard to spot the difference, really. Although I do agree with your point that it is a little bit less catchy, which is not necessarily a bad thing, cause it, but you do then need the repeated listens, as you said, to appreciate some of the slightly different songs. But yeah, for me, it was quite hard to tease this apart from the first one. 
Yeah, I think in a way, like the the catchy, the less the lack of catchiness actually helps it, and it does feel a sort of like a little more sort of an introverted and thoughtful version of the first album. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. But there are some, you know, again, some good songs on here. Do you want to give your top two or three if you have have that? Yes. Well, my favourite one is River Deep, which is the last track on the album, which for me up until this point is probably their strongest track. And then another couple of good ones, I'd say Toe and Bango Mash, which is again is a great name for a song. So get extra points for having an amusing name. Yeah, I think River Deep actually does remind me of the Dead South. Sounds more like a Dead South song. I agree, I agree. And I, and I like the Dead South probably more. So maybe that's why. I would agree with those three. I would add Never Learn and Man Tap onto those three. But we can pick. Um, so we'll pick River Deep, definitely. Yeah, I don't really like Never Learn that much at all. Man Tap's all right. But if we're going for River Deep, and then did you? what did you say about the other ones? Bang I agreed with your toe. three. I'm fine with that. So if you want. So which one? Which was your second? Uh, the, I don't know. They're Let's equal. go with Toe. I've got Toe or Bangamash. I've got Toe above Bangamash just. All right. Well, let's do that then. Good. You've got a very nuanced system. Well. What do you give them marks out of a thousand or something? Out of ten. All oh, right. But, okay. but they tend to be all decimals in the end. All right. <laughs> so, so it's 7.3 or whatever. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, it, it's, so it's basically out of a hundred then. And they, Unless I, you go to two decimal places, in which case it is out of a thousand. Uh, yeah. I some, Well, I sometimes have um, like 0.25. So it's usually like. 0.5 or 0.75 sometimes because you then oh, say okay. we don't need to talk about it so essentially that's out of so essentially that's each 40. each integer splits into yeah it's basically out of 40 isn't it i was going to say sort of 10 times 4 it ends up being by the time i've nitpicked and yes maybe i need maybe i need to layer in an extra level um extra layer of complexity in my system which is just out of fives as in stars but then they go into halves and they don't go any deeper than that but maybe i should well, it's whether your system works really for you, isn't it? Well, I thought it did until you told me how to separate these two songs, and I don't know, because they're both both three and a half points. Your quarters come in sort of when you think like, well, it's not quite a, you know, say, a, it's not quite a seven out of ten, but I prefer it more than this one that I've given six and a half, so you then give it 6.75. And... I do get how numbers work. But that's how I tend to use the 0.25 and the 0.75, though, so that's what I'm trying to say. I think that's how everyone uses those. It's just a property of numbers. Mr. Smart Alec. Anyway, how are we going to rank this album? Well, I have them fairly even. I would probably have Devil Makes Free above. I have them exactly even and couldn't really decide. So that's fine by me. Let's move on then. So the next one is Do Wrong Right from 2009. So there is an album in between called A Little Bit Faster and A Little Bit Worse. You might want to explain why we're not including that. Um, that is a live album, um, which is where the title comes from, really. It is, technically. <laughs> it's definitely a little bit faster. Yeah. It's a direct description, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a description of it, really. It definitely is a little bit faster. I guess the, the worst bit is subjective. But uh, yes, it's just it's a live album, made obviously from tracks from those first two albums. Which actually, I do prefer them live, and I, I really quite enjoyed the live at Red Rocks, which is a much later album. I, I quite enjoyed that a lot, actually. I can't, I can't remember if I saw it on YouTube, or if I'm just imagining that, whether I just uh, listened to it. But either way, whichever it was, I, I, I actually prefer them live. But I mean, obviously, having actually seen them live in a room, I would very much recommend going to see them live, because it 
really was another level and it you know it was brilliant and we loved it and my wife who I dragged her along a little bit who sort of said beforehand you know oh this is your band I don't really know them and she absolutely loved it as well and really really enjoyed it was she setting you up for you having to do a favor establishing beforehand the parameters if I come to this you owe me big time fella was it a bit like that well she was okay we were in we went to Nottingham anyway so she got her trip away for our wedding anniversary the gig was a little bit of an axe extra add-on which i think she was as i said mildly dragged along to but she was very very happy and i have to say you know the the atmosphere in the place was absolutely lovely it was just very generous so we ended up being pushed to the front because we're a bit smaller than most of the people be around us that's unusual and very nice yeah and particularly as well there was a group of people who were remarkably short they were all pushed to the front as well they've they spent their whole gig at the front in the middle i i do think though that there is something around standing room only which is inherently, um, well, I suppose inherently sexist in the sense that most men are taller than most women or the average man is taller than the average woman. So there's an inherent sexism in standing room only. And then, of course, it's not great for people that are shorter for whatever reason. It does feel like we should be coming up with something a bit cleverer for concerts these days than just a flat floor, uh, which not really very fair, not very good for people that are maybe disabled either, you know. should be cleverer than that these days, I think. Yeah, because is it Brixton Academy that's got a sloping floor? Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, obviously that's closed now. Well, of... yes, possibly for everyone falling over. But uh... Yeah, which does suggest if you are going to have a sloping floor, you need some kind of ways barriers along the way or something like that. So you bit like a football terrace. Well, I think with Brixton Academy, it's to do with the... It wasn't actually to do with the auditorium itself, was it? I think it's to do with coming in and out of the building. I think there was issues oh, was with it? that. I, be- I believe so. I could be wrong. It's a pity. It's a great venue. Really good venue. I've only been once, but it was a really good venue. Yes. No, have I been? No, I've been. Have I been twice? You've been with me to see the Divine Comedy. In that case, I've been twice. So I'm really in there. Let's crack on with this next album anyway. It's called Do Wrong Right. This is going a bit more towards the jazz ragtime sound. Did you, did that, was that a good thing for you? Yeah, it was actually. I was really quite a bit relieved feeling that they were starting to make use different instruments a little bit more, different sounds, different ideas, different rhythms and stuff. So to me, it did feel like a, 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 I wouldn't quite say a breath of fresh air. I think that would be overstating it, but it's definitely going more in the direction of something that I could get on board with. I did like this one more, yes. So I've given away where I would rank it now. Fair enough. So we're going to be fighting a bit, because obviously it's because it's going towards jazz, I actually like it a bit less. Back to our age-old tussle. Yeah. But, you know, there, there, there are some, again, there's, I do it sometimes that, you know, the song shines through and they, there are some great songs. Certainly, like, you know, the first four of those songs are all very catchy and featured in the gig that, um, you know, I saw last week. So I do think it's really good. For me, it's not quite as strong because I I don't like the sound quite as much. But um, I I, st- I do still enjoy the album. I find it a bit weird because the cover looks like is it William G Macy? What is called the actor? H Macy. William H Macy. Thank you. It's, it looks a bit like him to me, and I find that a it little does bit, a bit. Yeah. But yes. So anyway, what songs do you want to pick off here? Uh, well, my favourite one is 
Let me see which my favourite. Working Man Blues would be my favourite, I think. And also I like Do Wrong Right, the title track, and Poison Trees. They would, um, more, more or less all the last five tracks, really, I like. But the, the ones I named are the main ones, I think. Okay, so we can pick some from those. Let's do, well, Do Wrong Right and Working Man's Blues. Let's just do the first two you said. Okay, sounds good. I, I have it all very consistent. I definitely wouldn't pick Help Yourself. I have that my weakest, I think, but most of my rankings on here are actually quite quite very similar. So you're wanting Do Wrong Right at the top? Yes. It's not It's not massively different in terms of the numerical advantage. So, you know, I'm, I'm certainly open to persuasion on this. I'm not insistent. Well, I would have it third, so shall we put it second? I guess, yeah. That's. I. I, I never really like that kind of compromise but i don't know how else to do it because to me they're all actually very marked very similar this sneaks ahead because it's just got that slightly jazzier ragtimey thing which i would personally prefer yeah i think that's the problem is it because this is a sort of a split in our musical tastes that are basically you know polar opposites and it's hard to compromise on that yeah it starts to become a sort of a muddy compromise rather than the sort of synergy thing where we learn from each other it just becomes where we just go no i like that no i don't like that we just sort of cancel each other out rather than add anything and we're too far away to have a fight yes yes which i would win well would you i think so you are bigger aren't you yeah and you've been ill recently so i could take advantage of that let's run out of puff more quickly that is true you might well if you can uh concentrate on my many many weaknesses yeah and also i suspect that our differences might continue here because the next album i'm a stranger here um which is from 2015 i think continues with the this sort of old-fashioned jazz kind of it's more a bit more ragtime though i would say you can imagine them all stood there in their boaters playing most of this Although it's not thoroughly, I'll say there's about six songs that are in this style. And I definitely don't like it as much. You know, if you think of like a song like Hallelujah and 40 Days, that is it old time or is it ragtime? I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you'd describe it, really. I mean, it feel, it's, I would call it ragtime, but it certainly the whole album does feel quite old fashioned, which I'm sure isn't their intention here. They are very much influenced by, you know, ragtime and gospel and things like that. So... It's just, I think, less less to my taste. There are other songs that sort of are really good. I think like the um, Dead Body Moving, the the bit of violin in there is very jolly. Hand Back Down I really like. It sounds actually got a bit of a Blur vibe to me. They remind me of Blur. And I think the last song, Goodbye Old Friend, sounds like a cover of an old sort of classic from the 50s or 60s. It like, sounds like they're... Um, like a Tony Christie song or something like that. But it's not. I did look it up. It was not a cover. I thought this was more interesting than their previous albums. And in particular, it starts with Stranger, which I think is a really strong song. And it's got lots of different sounds in there. Um, they seem to just layering in more interesting stuff. It's got more tension involved. It just feels a little bit less jolly and spry and just a little bit deeper. And like there's more happening. Yes, it gets quite ragtimey in places, I suppose. I don't know not compared to a you know scott joplin album or whatever but you know it still feels like it's definitely using a lot of that those rhythms and ideas definitely but i think that's just bringing making it a bit more interesting i don't think you know your your distaste of jazz i don't know maybe i'm misreading it and you tell me if i'm wrong but it seems like you don't like the kind of uh self-indulgent side of it with people doing trumpet solo for 
you know, six hours and stuff like that where it just feels incoherent. Yes. And I would agree with you, I don't like that side of jazz either. The bits of jazz that I like are not that. I do prefer much more structured music than that. But I do like it when it starts to be a bit different and a bit less obvious and a bit tenser and, and things happening that aren't that are a bit more unexpected. And I found that the first two albums, three albums even, they're always following the quite expected fair what seems to be a reasonably obvious melody line whereas here it does feel like it's getting a bit more interesting and they take him in direction there's a bit more surprises a bit more yeah the same i'm just repeating myself but the same different stuff going on so for me i i think this is a much more interesting album and my favorite tracks just to say are probably stranger dead body moving top two a moment's rest and maybe mr midnight would also be pretty high up but there isn't a weak track on this album for me. It's the first album with no no weak tracks. I'm happy with the two tracks you first you said. Stranger and Dead Body Moving. Yeah, they're definitely two of my favourites. And you're going to want to rank this top, aren't you? I very much am. I definitely don't agree, but I think we'll put it. We'll just put it top for now. We can, we can always come back. But I do like all the albums, to be honest. But so it's um, it's all sort of small gradations of the i mean i'd say i like this but i um i think we've got six songs here that are sort of ragtime influenced which is a little bit too much for me but i i agree with sort of most of what you said it, it you know in terms of it it's put, it is the most varied album so far which i said there was um, another live album around this time here as well and then after that we have redemption and ruin which is a covers album so there's half half an album of ruin songs all about um and then half half redemption Um, So we would not cover that here because it's a covers album purely. So the next studio album, which is which is the most recent now from 2018, is Chains Are Broken. So difference in direction again with more of a a fuller band sound here. But stylistically, I think probably more it's more of a sort of a straighter country Americana sound. And I do think they're more back to the first album in terms of the, the songs are catchier, I think, throughout. I do think there's some really strong things. Something like Paint My Face, I think, is definite, is a definite standout quality song here. Again, we're uh, we're looking at the first 10 tracks here officially, because that was the, the original release. What did you think of this one? Well, I like the fact that it's fuller band sound. I do tend to prefer fuller band sounds. It just holds my attention for longer. I find if it isn't that full band sound, it's just thinner and you just tire of it more quickly. So I definitely like that. And I, don't, I still, I think there's some, it is going back a little bit to the more straightforward bluegrassy stuff, as you said. But at the same time, I don't think entirely. I do think it still keeps other influences and other stuff going on there. So I, I think it's more in, a lot more interesting for those two factors, the, the full band sound and the slightly more varied influences going on than the first couple of albums. So I do like it more than those for sure. Uh, I think it's got some very strong stuff on here, like Chains Are Broken, the first track. All is quiet as well, which is a slower number. I I always think to do a slower track, you've got to... Because you're not necessarily going to get the the same kind of catchiness when you slow stuff down as you are with a faster track. You've got to bring something else to it, otherwise it can just feel a little bit boring or a little bit, you know, turgid. And I think they really crack it on the All Is Quiet. I think they managed to pull off a really good slow track, which is really enjoyable and it's got some depth to it. So I think that's definitely worth a mention. And it's in my top couple of tracks. Pray for Rain, Paint My Face that you said. Definitely happy with that. And Castles. And I included Curtains Rise because I forgot that it was only 10 tracks. Because I also like that as well, the 11th track. 
Yeah, I do. I like all the tracks, I have to say. I think generally, from the original releases, I think the albums are actually stronger without the extra tracks. Isn't that usually the case, isn't it? Yeah. People just leave it alone, just leave stuff alone. You can do an extra disc or something like that with, you know, whatever you want to put on it. But I just think you should leave original albums as they were crafted. Yeah, I would rather... And it's not that... In this one particularly, Curtains Rise is is a nice song and everything, but actually Castles is a really good final album song and one of the, one of the stronger tracks, I think, on the album. So it kind of does take away from that in that way. Otherwise, I, I largely agree with everything you said. I do hope that they do continue with this fuller band sound, particularly when they're recording. I mean, as going back to, you know, seeing them live, they... It is just the three of them with the acoustic instruments and it really didn't matter then. You know, it was really good and particularly when Cooper got going with his, his banjo, they were really rocking. You didn't miss the full band there. But I do think on the on the recorded, it really does produce a lot, you know, a, a fuller and more satisfying record. And I, I agree with everything you said about the I all all is quiet is one of my favourites, definitely off this album as well castles i've got chains of broken and paint my face they're my sort of definite top four but i like everything on the album i've only got i've only got deep down which to me is a weaker track that's the only one that let interests me less but apart from that yeah i would agree i don't think there's a weak track on it and in terms of playing live i i, I just think this kind of music just w- works much better live than on record you know on on record you, it's just such a different experience than seeing a band live that you've sometimes it lacks that kind of oomph and depth just because you've only got two or three instruments playing through the same old tingly twangly same old country bluegrassy thing again you think oh but here i think they're really cracking through that full band sound really decent songs jolly good slow number so yeah i think they're uh pulled off another another decent album here at the end well not the end it's not the end they haven't finished yeah, well so it, far it's kind of the end for for in terms of podcast in terms of this podcast episode it's yeah. the last album yeah but yeah no i i, I agree i think they, they have sort of solved those problems that you were saying by having the full band and i do hope they continue that with the recordings and continue playing live as they do as well i think they they the two sides complement each other so where would you rank this one um i would rank it at the top okay i'm happy with that i was going to say first or second yeah and in terms of what are your let's just nail down the two tracks here oh sorry yes well my top four were chains are broken all is quiet pray for rain and paint my face and and castles those five are my top four i've got paint my face top and then i've got all is quiet yeah we could do those two then yeah that would work wouldn't it i think so and so that is it for releases they have as i said just released a single about a week ago which um I really like too. It's a lot more understated, but it has the full band sound. So I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to that, but uh, is that pu- puppets? Puppets, yeah. No, I haven't yet. No. Well, that's your homework for the outro session. You could have a listen to that. I do really like both those songs, and they're both a little bit. They're still with the band, the full band, but they're as they're a little bit slower. They're still a little bit catchy, but not in your face catchy. So hopefully, you'll enjoy that too. Okay, I'll put that on my to do list. So in fifth place, we have Long John's Boots and a Belt. In fourth, we have Do Wrong Right. In third place is the debut album, The Devil Makes Three. Second, I'm a Stranger Here. And in first place, we have Chains Are Broken. Welcome back. It's been exactly six weeks since we recorded the first part. 
So we've had uh, lots and lots of time to reflect on on everything. But first of all, we'll go straight to the record covers and we'll try and pick our favourite there. So do you have an impression of the of the record covers, John? I'm still reeling from the news that it's been six weeks since we did the first part. Six weeks to the day. I did check it because it did seem like a long time. God, time really does fly, doesn't it? Although I admit uh, a lot of this time I haven't actually been massively focused on, on The Devil Makes Three. But I did peruse the album covers, and I have to say, I like them all. They all feel very like they fit the genre, very bluegrassy, Americana-y. I think I'd probably go for Chained Up Broken, maybe, if I have to pick a one, which I do. But yeah, they all have a real style about them that does fit the the whole, what, what they're up to, fit their shtick. They do have a definite style, don't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you feel like you're halfway, you know, to the rodeo. You're going to have a hoedown any minute, so... Yeah, I mean, I think I probably, like, of the studio albums, the first and the last... Yeah, yeah. I would say are my favourites, but there's none I dislike. No, I agree. I like them all, actually. I think it is a good style, so... So which are we going for, anyway? Well, we both said chains are broken, so let's let's pick that one. Okay. And you say, you say you haven't been thinking about The Devil Makes Food that much, but you bred your brain does subconsciously think about things. So even if your conscious brain isn't, you still will have been. Yeah. Well, I did buy a Stetson and a Lasso the other day, so that may explain that, I suppose. (laughs) And uh, due to your prompting, I have been listening to some of the extra tracks. So it has all been bubbling away. Good work. So talking of extra tracks, that's the next section. Yeah. Well, you made a list for me to listen to. So let's start there. Okay. So I'll go down the list. The first one is from Redemption and Ruin, which is Chase the Feeling, which is a cover of a Chris Christopherson song, which is one of my favourites. I, d- I don't know Chris Christopherson very well, actually. Uh, could, sorry, which song is that? Remind me. Which is the, uh, that, takes one to no one, do, 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 that one. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Okay, so we put that on the list. Yeah, absolutely. The next bit is the Puppet single, which is new. So there's two songs, Puppets and the B-side, Days Are So Long. I like both the songs. I prefer the second song, Days Are So Long, definitely. I also like both, but I actually prefer Puppets. It seems a bit catchier, but maybe further listens would reveal more of the joys of Days Are So Long. But to be honest, for now, I actually prefer Puppets. Okay. Well, I like both. So we'll put Puppets on then with Chase the Feeling. Okay. Motion carried. And then moving on to the live tracks. So I was looking particularly at Live at Red Rocks because you said in the main podcast that you liked that album particularly. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So off that, I picked Chain to the Couch as it's one of my favourite songs but didn't make the original list. And Chains Are Broken, which again is one of my favourite songs but didn't make the list. I also picked Off a Little Bit Faster and A Little Bit Worse. I picked Banger Mash, which... I basically picked because when I saw them live, that was one of the standout tracks that surprised me at just how good it was live. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's not a bad track by any means, but I wouldn't have pegged it up for a, a, a live standout. It surprised me, but really, it's it's really it's the outro when uh, when Cooper and his there was two, there was Bangamash and there was I can't remember the other song either. But when Cooper got going on his banjo, doing banjo solo, and it really rocked as much as you can with three acoustic uh, instruments. But uh, yeah, so Bangamash was a highlight for me, which surprised me. So I've, I've picked it here too for that reason. 
Well, yeah, that's a very good reason. And I, I really think one of the best things about live music is when you get those great rock out moments and you've got a really good musician just really hammering away and rocking out on something and everyone's really into it. So, so yeah, I, I think that's a good, good, good decision. Uh, but just going back to your choice about what you were saying, I, I thought we'd already, I thought we picked Chains Are Broken in the main podcast. I thought we didn't, unless I've made a childlike error. The error will be mine, I'm sure. Uh, we didn't. We've got Paint My Face and All Is Quiet. Oh, right. Okay. Well, in that case, I vote for Chains Are Broken of those three ones that you've said and Bangle Mash because your live tales were compelling enough for, for that to get the nod, I think. What's up with that? Well, little disappointed Change to the Couch hasn't, got, hasn't made it, but that's life, isn't it? Life is hard, fella. It's no bed of roses, apparently. I, I've come to realise that. No pleasure cruise. And we've got to make the tough choices. Yeah. Well, we have to pick something, though. We, it is a ranking podcast, isn't it? We can't shy away from it. And on that bombshell, I think we've covered everything, haven't we? We could just sign off.